and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. All right, everybody, this is Brother Frank, and welcome to another episode of The Remnant Call. Glad to have you here, and I'm excited about my guest, who I'm going to introduce in a moment, but just a few words. Folks, thank you all for who have been praying uh, for me, my family, um, decisions had to make, um, but, you know, with all those prayers and all the intensity of things that are going on in life, there is some amazing news, and I just want to mention this. On January the 2nd, my sister is getting out of prison, and I want to say thank God for that. I just praise and bless the Lord. I know I've mentioned her throughout the years uh, a few times here and there, but she is excited. She's turned her life over to Jesus. And, folks, you, if you know my story, for those of you who listen and, and know about the return of the prodigal son and, and, all, and the, the horrible things that I did and, and the miracles that God did to save my life, when you hear her story, which, Lord willing, I'm going to be able to get her on the remnant call one day to share, uh, we were not only terrible together growing up, um, but what she did things that made me look like the perfect child. Now, the interesting thing is we were viewed by many as unredeemable. I, I know that there was times I, you know, I remember being over um, – you know, over on the other side of the mountain there in a store, running into a buddy of mine and, and, and looking me right in the face and saying, hey, man, I, I thought you'd be dead by now. And people will look at my sister and think there's no way that someone like that, someone who's done that can be converted and turned around. And, folks, I'm here to say that God uses the foolish things of this earth to confound the wise. And for those who look down upon the drug addicts and those who are, are living on the streets and homeless like you just did it to yourself, folks, you don't understand about the bondage that someone gets in when they have sold themselves out to this stuff and that they just can't stop when they want to stop. They are in slavery, and, and they need the power of the living God, and they need someone to step in the gap that is willing to pray for that person. So, folks, when you have that family member or that friend that looks like they're irredeemable or they're un, there's no way you can reach them, folks, don't give up. You might be the only one standing in the gap for that person. And I want to say thank you, Jesus, that my sister is coming out, and by God's grace, I'm going to have her here one day on the remnant call. I don't know if I'll be able to keep it together, but I'm telling you, when she's here, her story is unbelievable. I believe it. I know because I was around her, and we both did a lot of the bad things, but God's arm was not too short that it couldn't save. And yes, he is in the business of saving the lost. One last note, if you didn't hear last week's program, on the sons of Issachar, please check that out. Folks, the sons of Issachar, important to remember, they not only could discern the times, but they knew what Israel ought to do. Folks, it's not good enough just to know the hour that we're living in. We need to know what the Lord wants us to do, not simply sit behind a computer and listen to podcasts all day, but actually get out and do something for the kingdom. Well, with that, I am going to bring on our guest here tonight. His name is James Walden. He is with the Omega Dynamics Ministry. And, folks, I'm telling you, I heard this guy for the first time a few weeks ago. My dad sent me an interview uh, where he was on a um, – I think it was on a Steve Quayle show, but it was another lady that was interviewing. I got halfway through before I realized that this guy absolutely loves the Lord. And he not only was in the Marines, which resonates with me being in the Marines, but he has a, an amazing career. And I'm going to let him introduce uh, what all he has done uh, in life and how his ministry right now is reaching out to make a difference in the hour that we are living in. So with that, I'm going to bring on our guest today. Brother James, are you here with us? Yeah, I am. Thanks for having me on, brother. It's a pleasure to be able to be here and 
talk about the things of the Lord and, and, and just share in the fellowship of those with ears to hear in this late prophetic hour, to say the least. So thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Amen. And it is prophetic. And, and brother, one of the things I noticed on, or well, they hit me hard, okay, and, 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 and warmed my soul, so I said, when I was listening to your interview, was that your ability to quote scripture. And folks, when you, you've got to listen to James, because James is a student who reads the word. And when you read the word, the Lord brings it to your memory. And brother, the way you were just, bring, it just let me know immediately that this guy was connected. And, and yeah. I appreciate it. It was inspiring. Well, it, it comes, yeah, no, well, well, praise, praise the Lord. But I, I'll tell you what, it comes through, it comes through the school of hard knocks. You know, I've had, I've had people ask me before and, and, and they say, they say, oh man, oh man, I, 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 I long for the day that I know that I, that I could have as much word memorized as you do. And I said, Hey man, be careful what you ask for. I'm like the only reason why that word is on my heart is because I would have died without it. I'm like, I, it, his word is literally my portion, and it is my drink. It is the, anything and everything that sustains me. I would have cut and run from this walk with the Lord a hundred times over if it weren't for his word. His, the, the word of the Lord is literally everything and anything. And listen, there's, there's, there's two things that we are assured of that are eternal, you and your soul and the word of the Lord. Heavens and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. It is literally the only thing that you're going to have left standing on. Um, you know, my the, the the ministry that the Lord's called me into is heavy handedness upon me, and the and the things that He's led me to to speak to in in this in this particular generation. I didn't ask for it. I'm not seeking it. I don't want a platform or whatever. It's just the Lord's leading. The Lord's leading in it. Um, is is you know it's it's centered on on preparation really more than anything, right? It's it's the it's the age-old adage at the first advent of Christ Jesus, at the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, and at the second advent of Christ Jesus is repent for the day of the Lord at hand. And everybody's talking about preparation, 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 and how do we prepare and what do we do? And you mentioned it at the beginning of the program about the sons of Iskar having an understanding of time and knowing what Israel must do. See, that's that's a very crucial secondary component that most people don't like to uh, – be held responsible for when they when they speak that verse with such flippancy. Um, at the end of the day, the only preparation that's going to sustain you and save you and see you through to the end are the eternal, immutable, immeasurable, unperishable, unfiled, unspoiled, and unfading word of the Lord etched on the flesh of your heart. It's the only thing that will sustain you. I can assure you that when 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 all the world around us is unhinged. And when everything that you've known or thought to be true and pure and good and lovely is being torn to pieces and exposed for, for uh, the, the fallacies within or the malintent within, and when, you know, Jesus said, it, when I return, will I found faith in the land? When, when all, even those who are, who are claimants of Christ and brothers and sisters of Christ are, are falling away and, and biting on the deceptions and all these things, it's the word of the Lord alone that is going to strengthen you and equip you. That's why Daniel 11.32 says that those who know their God shall be strong and do exploits. It doesn't say those who know everything about uh, eschatology in the end times. It doesn't say those who are well-versed in all aspects of demonology or the Illuminati or uh, the mystery religions or the coming um, golden age, return of the golden age of the gods and all these things in between. And those things in and of themselves aren't bad, but if our identity and our focus isn't on Christ alone in the midst of that knowledge, you, you are going to be overcome. I assure you, and your heart is going to fail you for fear of what you see coming up onto the earth. However, Simultaneously, we have this amazing good word, this amazing promise from the Lord God Almighty that those who know their God shall be strong and go forth and do exploits at the same exact time. And that knowing is so powerful. That knowing presupposes an intimacy that goes far beyond what many of us are even walking with the Lord in daily. That knowing is, is the intimacy that's found between a husband and wife in, in, a, in a bridal chamber. It's so intimate. And that knowing can only be found by those who are who are hiding, dwelling, abiding, and communing with the Lord God Most High. And that's what makes them more than able to overcome him, the Antichrist, all the lawless rebel insurgency that's being unleashed in the world, to overcome them 
by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, that knowing of the Lord and not loving their lives so much as they're afraid to lose it. That's why it's so critical. Oh, praise brother. I'm already fired up, man. I'm just, I, I'm, I feel like I'm tuning into this show for the first time, brother, and listening to you. So <laughs> I'm excited. Let's, let's pray. And then I want to, I'm going to um, have you share some about your ministry and what's going on right now, folks. This guy's got a lot to share and uh, I want to get into this. So let's pray father in the name above every name, the name Yeshua. We just thank you so much, uh, Lord, that the, the power the power in the name of Jesus is able to break every chain, Lord. We believe that. We don't just sing it. We actually believe that there is nothing, Lord, that you cannot overcome. And, Lord, we also know that you are preparing people to be useful, not just people to listen, but to actually be doers of your word in this last hour to reach a final generation, Lord. And I believe that in the darkest of hours, your greatest work will shine through. So I ask tonight, Lord, that in this darkness of this world, as this broadcast uh, shines through, Lord, that you will use uh, these voices, Lord, to lift your name up and that you in turn will draw all men and women unto you. We thank you and ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Brother, I am um, just already fired up, and I can't tell you. Share with me a little bit about, okay, I know uh, reading, you know, trying to get in a little bit about what you've done in life. You have been an extremely busy person, uh, not only from Marines, law enforcement, different things. How do you go from serving in the Marine Corps, which you know like I do, um, you know, that serving in the Marines is not uh, the best place for facilitating a powerful relationship with God, at least not when I was in the Corps. Uh, it, was a, it was a wonderful place for drinking tons of beer, chasing after women, uh, getting in fights all the time. That was, a, that was a great thing that used to happen when I was in there, and, and it seemed oh, to be yeah. everywhere. And so the, there were a few people who followed, you know, that claimed the Lord, but that was a very, I would say, a very small remnant. So, brother, yeah, how, no, tell absolutely. me about you, a little bit about your journey. Well, I, you know, I, I grew up rough and tumble. I mean, I come from a great an amazing Christian home. Uh, my parents uh, walked out the gospel in a real way through really bad stuff and lived it out in real time. I'm talking through from infidelity to failing after failing to all these things, and yet it was the power of the word and the power of the gospel that, that sustained our family. I mean, seeing it for real, dude, to, to, to put your money where your mouth's at and let the rubber meet the road, do you really believe what you're saying all the time? about the sufficiency of his grace, about his mercy, about his forbearance, about the forgiveness, about wickedness shedding its mouth, right, about about the power of, of his blood to truly wash and make home, make new. So I saw that lived out in my home. But um, I was, I've just always been a rowdy dude, like period, like just, just the way I'm wired, am I right? So like anything that was fast, hard, fun, and, and crazy, I was on it. So when I was a young guy and I figured out how fun partying was, well, you better believe I mastered it, right? And I and I always uh, thought to it to excel at anything I touched. So so that that's to the good or to the bad. So um, uh, I I ran hard and fast and did anything you can think of. Yet at the same time, I was always uh, had a, had a deep desire to go into the Marine Corps. I don't know why. Ever since I was a kid, it was in there. Um, I was actually originally enrolled in the Naval Academy and was going to the Naval Academy uh, when I was 17 and uh, went out there to Annapolis and, and uh, toured the place and got my nominations to go there. It was all set, and I realized, like, still the rowdiness in me goes, no, you know what, I just want to blow stuff up. I want to shoot things, blow stuff up, sleep with my head in the mud and go patrolling in the jungle somewhere. That's all I wanted to do. Yes, so I came home and told my dad, hey, hey, I'm not going to Naval Academy. I'm enlisting. He's like, hey, it's your life. I mean, go do it. I was like, all right, I'm on it. So I joined the Marine Corps when I was 19. I was a sergeant in the infantry in like a, uh, a Ford reconnaissance platoon. I got to do some high-speed stuff in there. I had a good run. Um, fought in the uh, war in Iraq in 2003, the actual march up. I got back from – I got out of the Marine Corps in '04, and I knew I wasn't going to do it for life, even though I had a had a great career. I had a lot of things going in my favor, but I decided to get out and – Went to college and got my degree in law enforcement and history. I worked with the U.S. Marshals, federal law enforcement, for a stint. I was a uh, city police officer for a while. All I was trying to do was, was become a, a special agent. I was trying to work on becoming a special agent and uh, uh, was doing that for a little while. And then uh, I didn't like it. It was boring to me. 
Um, so I thought, well, maybe I'll try doing technical rescue stuff. So I'll go get my paramedic now. So then I went to another school, another academy, and got my paramedic, uh, was doing technical rescue stuff, high, high, low force, collapse structure, hazardous materials, all kinds of random things, and then ended up becoming a firefighter. So a structural firefighter and a paramedic and a techie, tech rescue guy. And, uh, and then I started picking up little side gigs, deploying uh, places around the world, uh, kind of like a freelance sort of thing, going into natural disaster areas where nobody else could get into and using my skill set. Um, and, and in that process in there when I was about 25 is when the Lord really got a hold of me and just completely crushed and reduced my reality. And, uh, and, and, and I'm still in the process. I mean, we all are till the day we die, but you know, that, that real grind, that real process of exposing you for what you really are and really reducing all your semblances of self and, uh, and, and, and training you to hear the Lord's voice and training you to know him and tra- training you to just die to your flesh and exposing you for the depravity of what you really are when you're left to yourself. And, and so the Lord started reducing me when I was about 25, and, and, uh, and things all came to a head in 2014, really, when, uh, when the Christians in Iraq and Syria were being massacred and being beheaded. Um, I remember sitting there at the fire department and, I'm, you know, reading all the articles on Steve Quayle's website every day and anything else and studying stuff and getting in tune. And, you know, this was about the time I was, I was getting woke to, uh, to how pathetic the seeker-friendly church was that I was in and, and how apostate and whitewashed and how grievous it was, how grievous the way they used the, the, the Lord's name and with such vainness, with such vanity, the, the way they, they maligned his word and, and manipulated it and how they were emotionally predatory and all that. So this is all going on at the same time. But I remember I was sitting there watching these, these, you know, image after image of these Christians being brought out in the orange jumpsuits and having their heads sawed off with a semi-dull knife, you know, and, uh, and just crying out to God, physically weeping on my knees at the fire department, back in my little cubby hole, saying, Lord God, please raise up somebody, anybody to go, fight on behalf of my brothers and sisters, Lord, intervene against this wickedness, Lord, Lord, you know, just praying in predatory prayers. And, and in the midst of that, the Lord said very loudly and clearly, well, and, uh, and I was undone at that moment and spent the next two, about two weeks wrestling with the Lord about why he said, well, and what does that mean? And what are you, what are you requiring of me, Lord? And he made it very clear that I require all of you. And, uh, and and including a one-way ticket to Iraq, even though you have a wife and three young children. And um, so I actually went back into Iraq in 2014 um, by myself, uh, no military, no NGO, no anything, just literally by myself as a civilian. I uh, packed up my kit, what I, what I still had, and some body armor, and went over there. I met one other guy over there who was a prior Marine who had also become a believer, and had the same burden, and we'd never met face-to-face. We met in the last open airport in Iraq, and uh, we went and got purchased AKs out of a trunk of a car and went out to serve our brothers and sisters. And uh, and on the front lines with the Peshmerga that's trying to repel ISIS and do anything we could, just anything we could to even protect one one believer over there. And it wasn't just about the believers. It was about humanity. You know, there's a lot of minority uh, uh, Muslim sects over there, too. And... Um, the Lord did crazy powerful things over there and, and just did things beyond our comprehension, be, beyond anything we could even think or conceive of or ask of the Lord. And none of it had to do with operating out of our own strength and with weapons of this world. I mean, the Lord completely flipped our paradigms upside down and, and, and honored our, our zealousness, but also blew our minds with, with what he really had in mind on how to use us over there. And we got to see the Lord do amazing things. So um, are you still there, by the way? Yeah, man, I'm listening. Go ahead. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure, like, because I'll just keep uh, I'm eating this stuff gotta, up, you man. Keep sharing, off, brother. You know, I'll, I'll just keep no, going. no, keep sharing. All right. And so uh, so coming back from that, you know, I'm a, I'm a firefighter, paramedic. I have a construction company on the side, you know, and had done all these other things in the past. And we have a house with the in-ground pool and the two cars, right? And we're doing this this uh this faulty counterfeit um life that we think is honoring the lord because we attach to everything we're doing and i got back from iraq and i was like lord this can't be 
God, Lord, you say redeem the time for the days of evil. You say to make the most of every opportunity. God, you've called us to work while it's still day. And, like, you have things going on, Lord God Almighty. How, how could I possibly live to get mine in this life? Lord, I don't want anything this life has to offer. I only want you and you alone. And to advance your kingdom, God, if you'll have me, Lord, I, I, I'm available. And so uh, without knowing what we were going to do or, or what if the Lord was even going to call me to anything, I came home and told my wife and said, hey, I, 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 we we got to change our paradigm. Like, I just want to honor the Lord. There's too much going on not to not to have every waking second be focused every waking second be focused on Him and His kingdom. So we came home and sold everything, literally in a matter of two weeks. The house, the cars, the construction company, the equipment, wow. the everything, and moved into our in-laws' basement. And they had been in the mission field, so they're like, "Ooh, I think God's doing something." All right, we're down with it. you know. They didn't call me a fool or anything. They're like, "Oh, something's going on," you know, and so. Um, we ended up selling everything, and, and then the Lord was like, get, get, give it all over before I tell you what's next. So I, I ended up um, leaving um, the fire department, which I was vested in, could have a sweet, fat pension for the rest of my life, right? All kinds of, all kinds of comfort and security and the health insurance and all that stuff and was already halfway to retirement by then and all that. And it, anyways, just surrendered it all, and the Lord ended up leading us into the mission field in the Dominican Republic full-time. So uh, we we were missionaries down there in the Dominican Republic, and uh, and we just, we've been back now for right at two years. And we actually got fired from the mission field down there, which is awesome. And it was on, which which that's, that's a whole story in itself. Like, how do you get fired from being a volunteer who's self-supported and raised your own funds? I don't know how you do it, but I figured out how to do it. So so I don't know how that all plays out when it's all said and done, but I figured out how to get fired for being a missionary. And and their reason and their their stated reason was insubordination because they told me to quit talking about Jesus so much and at such a deep wow. level. And it and it was and it was bothering the other missionaries. And I yeah. and I said I will never, never will I stop talking about my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Never. And uh, and so they actually asked me and my family. Well, they fired. They legitimately fired us. Um, gave us about a week to pack up and and leave the country for insubordination because they refused to quit talking about Jesus to the other missionaries, which is awesome. So so anyways, it was on coming back from there that the Lord really burdened me uh, um, with the state of the church and the lateness of the prophetic hour. Like I knew it was late, but until I got a deep behind the curtain peek at the spirit of the church in this church age, the majority, the masses, the many, not everybody, but the many, until I had had an understanding of the spirit of the church, I truly didn't have a grasp on just how late the hour was. And so it was on returning that the Lord said, I got something for you to write. If you show up like you did in Iraq, if you show up like you did in the DR, if you show up, I'll give you the words to write. And I said, Lord, I'll show up. And I I sat down uh, to question myself and opened a computer and said, Lord, I'm here. And he literally downloaded the, this book to me, and it was done in three weeks. Uh, it's the book called Omega Dynamics, Equipping a Warrior Class, a Christian for the Days Ahead. So that kind of brings us up to date. I know that's a super long-winded, like, fire. No, brother. Uh, down and dirty uh, testimony, but, but that kind of brings us up to date to where, to where um, I'm at. I'm at on a personal level and, and me and my family and I, but more importantly, the burden and the calling uh, uh, that we have for the church in this generation. Well, and that's important because that's some of the things I you know, I want to want to share, want you to share with, um, and, and just, you know, side note, um, that is amazing. You got getting fired out of the mission field. You know, I've been um, several uh, mission trips, about six over in Africa and I've uh, been blessed and seen God do amazing, miraculous things. But you're the first person I've heard of that's been fired for preaching Jesus. So thank God for that. But I know that's what happens when you are involved in mission uh, missionary groups that are part of a system that is yes, well exactly. ingrained and has become a business. And has become a business. Yep. And it's forgot and lost their first love. And so, brother, I, I understand what you're talking about there. Well, one of the things I've seen you have uh, since you've been back, I guess now, 
the burden that you've had and and I see you know you've been invited to speak a lot of places uh, about the state of the church and um I know that that's a a very strong thing because we know that deception is coming and a lot of people feel that you know especially those who are in the watchman so-called community of whether you're a watch or listening to in and I hate that term, like you were saying earlier, but the woke, right, whatever that means. But you're right. alert to the hour that we're in. Unfortunately, there is some strong deception among those who think they are actually alert to the hour that we're actually in right now. And it's kind of – so it's easy to see the church that's out there, like the seeker-friendly that you're talking about that has – Nothing to do with God, in my opinion, and what they're doing. It is simply an entertainment center with a great club to come and get coffee and donuts at. But there is another group that are calling themselves awake, and there's some things that, in my opinion, that are highly disturbing uh, that's going on in the actual state of I would say, like your book, The Warrior Class, those that are should be being prepared for the work that is coming. There's work now, but there's more work that's coming ahead of saving souls. Um, So share with us where the Lord has kind of laid recently the burden on your heart and that you've been sharing around at different places. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things that I I don't want to ever miss an opportunity to speak to because I think it's important to address. If you notice the spirit of the church age, right, from from 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians 2, you know, and Second Timothy three and four, and Second Peter two, and Second Peter three, and, and and on through the through the churches of Revelation, in particular the last church age, the Laodicean church age. There's there's a defining characteristic about the last church age, and there's one church age that's spoken of more than any other, and it is that last church age. And the defining characteristic of them is their faulty self actualization. That's that sounds like a mouthful, uh, 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 a a a big messy word. But their faulty self-actualization is what defines the last church age. They say they're wealthy and in need of nothing, right? But the Lord goes, no, no, you, your, your perception of yourself is so skewed, you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. You say you have the form of godliness, but I'm telling you to deny the power of. You say you're surrounding yourselves with all kinds of great teachers. I'm telling you, you're only letting them tickle your ear. You're always learning, but you never come to an understanding of the truth. You say that you're lovers of God, but I'm telling you, you're actually a lover of self. Right, so so they so so they they won't tolerate sound doctrine, right? The way of truth comes into disrepute. They 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 give heed to doctrines of demons and heresies. So there's all these attributes of the last church age that are unbelievably defining. And and a way to simplify it or oversimplify it is to say narcissism and love of self. It's it is truly love of self. We have Facebook, iPhone, YouTube, you know, uh, selfies. Uh, think think about our vernacular, right? American Idol. I mean, all these, every single aspect of our reality, including our churches, is is narcissistic. You look at the majority of of the the worship music that's coming out of uh, the new apostolic reformation type of stuff, whether it's a, a Bethel or Hillsong or whatever. And it's not to say that all their songs are bad, but if you pay attention to the focus of the majority of them, the focus of the majority of the music is on us and our own specialness before God, not on his holiness, not on his righteousness, not on his justice, not on his immutable qualities, not on the power of the gospel. They're not liturgical, right? There isn't any liturgy being, 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 uh, 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 you know, being sung throughout these songs, but it's all about us and how amazing we are and how loved we are and how special we are. So, so this faulty self-actualization trickles down into anything, even into, uh, I don't know what's that, what, what you, you use the word woke? <laughs> we'll just go with that, whatever it works, right? Like those who, who are who are more in tune to the lateness of that, more in tune to things that are going on. But see, here's how deep the faulty self-actualization goes. Because remember, it is the spirit of the age. So so it, you can't be removed from it. It literally is going to permeate everything. But many of those who are even in, we'll say, that the movement or the following or have have the leaning towards the truther type of information, uh, the eschatological type of information. They're, they're, they're aware of the lateness of the hour, the depravity of man, right, that the, the rise in occultism and, and all these attributes, the hidden history and the cover over of history that, that's going on all around us all the time, even the, the, the deceptions 
creeping into the church. They're aware of all these things. And kind of how we start off this program, talking about the sons of Issachar had, how they had an understanding of the times, and they knew what Israel ought to do. There's a lot of people who have an understanding of the times. Why? Because they go from podcast to podcast, YouTube show to YouTube show, uh, conference to conference, and they themselves are just as guilty as the people in Joel Holstein's church who surround themselves with great teachers telling them what their engineers want to hear. Always, always, always learning, but never able to come to an understanding of the truth. Because wow. the truth is a person. It's the person of Jesus Christ. So they, so they, want, they want all the special information. They want to they feel um, um, satisfied in their special knowledge. They want the latest intel. They want the little, latest tidbits. They want the latest sensational information about who's doing what and the alien deception, the looser device on Mount Graham and, and all this. And listen, and, and, and CERN and blah, blah, blah. And I know all this stuff, and I study it too. But listen, we've got to get our posture right. We've got to get our posture right before the Lord with this learning. This learning is meant to lead you to an understanding of the truth. The truth is the person of Jesus Christ. This information is meant to lead you into a state of contrition that you might be among those in Ezekiel 9 who are found weeping and mourning for the sins of the people. And so a true and better mark, not the mark of the beast, but the mark of the Lord Most High, is smudged across your forehead, and a command is given concerning you that you are not to be harmed by the judgments, right? That's what the truth is to cause you to do. The truth and the information is to cause you to, to, to prostrate yourself before a holy God and do business on a personal level, to purify your camp so that you're not like Achan, Achan's sin in Joshua 7 where he scrolled away devoted things in his tent thinking the Lord didn't see it. And when Israel and Joshua marched the Israelites out the battle, they got their butts handed to them. When the Lord had promised them consummate victory, they marched out and they got utterly lay waste. Why? Because there were things hidden in their camp by the person. He dressed them down man by man, clan by clan, family by family to the individual person and said, who has sinned against me and is trying to hide it from me. You will not stand against your enemies until you consecrate yourself. He says, actually, you have been made liable to destruction until you remove the devoted thing from among your camp. So that's what this this information and this truth is meant to drive us to. But again, remember, it's the spirit of the age. So we have a lot of people, we'll say, in our, our peer group or in our hearing that that have this faulty self-actualization that they're doing it, right? Like they're, they're, they're just crushing it for the Lord, and, and, they're, and they're a truther, and they're in tune all this stuff, and all oh, they would never go to, a, to an apostate, seeker-friendly church or to a social justice-driven church or, or a gospel coalition-based church or any of these things that, that have all these socialist leanings. They're like, oh, I would never do that. I'm, I'm so in tune, and I'm so alert. And, and yet, at the same time, their, their, their ability to rightly discern their own heart and their own tense is the fact that they chase after the information one thing after the next after the next because they get a little dopamine release every time they hear the next titillating information. It makes them feel good. It makes them feel special. It makes them be a lover of self, and they're never actually doing business with the Lord on account of the information that they're hearing. So, so, so we have a major problem going on, and, and it really does truly testify to the lateness of the hour. And you're right. And the Lord said he is going to send uh, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they may be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. And and James, this is my concern and, and also burden is that the, God's not sending the lie, but he says he's going to send the ability to believe the lie. The reason is, is because people don't love the truth. And the truth, loving, like you said, is a person. And loving the truth means we are willing to allow the truth to dig within our own hearts and do that work that's in there. And like you said, going from podcast to podcast and YouTube to YouTube, yet never sharing the gospel with their neighbor. Never telling anybody about the love of Jesus Christ or his soon return, but criticizing every single comment out there, everything on the YouTube behind their desk, but never actually getting out there for the kingdom to do anything. And, brother, it bothers me tremendously. 
Absolutely. And, and, and your, your faith without works or without deeds or with action behind it is absolutely dead. And that's not works unto salvation. Salvation is by faith and, and Christ alone so that no man can boast. But if you truly and, uh, knew and understood the bad news, right, there's a reason why it's called good news. The reason why it's called the good news is because there's really, really bad news. And listen, if you can't be undone, if you're not undone by the bad news, how in the world could you ever be undone by the good news? Right? You have to be undone by one before you can be undone by the other one. So mm-hmm. if, you're not, if you're not completely, utterly undone by the bad news, and then even in a greater manner undone by the good news, how in the world are you going to be driven to action, right? It says because we know what it is to fear God, we try to persuade men. If you truly understood the lateness of the hour, everything in you would say, Lord God, take my whole life. Redeem the time. Redeem the time that I wasted and, and spoiled away and squandered. Redeem the time in my relationships. Redeem it, Lord God Almighty, for the days are evil. Right? The, uh, I, Lord God, I made, he said about me that, that I would arise and shine for your light is come in the glory of the Lord. I, I wanted to rise upon you because thick darkness is covering the earth and darkness is covering the people. But Lord God Almighty, I want your glory to arise and shine upon me. Lord, teach me how to know you and grow in the fear of you. You say the fear of the Lord is to hate wickedness. God, teach me how to hate rightly with a right posture, to, to, to be filled with righteous indignation. Lord God, break my heart for what breaks yours. Teach me, teach me what it is to weep and mourn. And God, compel me with a warrior spirit to fight and to sweat and to persevere and to grind and to train and to overcome and to die if I must out of a true authentic love because that is what the warrior spirit is compulsed to do. No greater love is than this that a man would lay down his life for his friend. That is solely a warrior axiom, and it's born out of a warrior spirit, and it was coined by the true and better warrior himself, Christ Jesus, who came to fight and to die for a no greater love than this. He is the one who embodies it once and forevermore. It's Christ Jesus who came and took the fight directly to the enemy. First John 3, the Son of Man was made manifest for this reason, that he might destroy the, the works of the devil or the works of the evil. He took the fight right to the enemy. And, and, and then the most amazing tactical decapitation and fate maneuver, as a suffering servant, Messiah ben Joseph, he went to the cross without even opening his mouth. Why? Because he took the fight straight to the enemy HQ, down in the shield, and he, where he could snatch back the keys of death in the grave and throw punch Lucifer in his lying mouth and, and have the power to take back up his own life again and be seated highly exalted like a true warrior at the right hand of the Father forevermore. This is the king that we serve. This is Lord Jesus, who as his second advent is not coming as a lamb silent before his shears, but is coming as a lion who roars from on high. This is the king that we serve who is seated right now on the throne, interceding for us with the, the Holy Spirit as well with the groans that words cannot express, who is going to be riding out, I believe, soon, with, whose name is Faithful and True, and his robe is dripping with blood, and he rides out to make war. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. But if we know and understood that at the root of what compels him to do what he has done and what he is doing and what he will do is an authentic love, then we have done so much to reduce the power of the gospel. It's radical beyond comprehension. And we have to know and understand this and come back into a right understanding of who the Lord is and, and so that we can know and understand what our identity is in Christ alone. Because truly the church has, and, and, and really there's nothing new under the sun, right? But, but we've, We've had our, our identity maligned, uh, uh, perverted, twisted, tainted, or, or, or forfeited onto anything and everything other than the only one who's worthy of it, Christ Jesus. And we really are at a critical, crucial time in this generation where we need our identity. We need to, we need to stand anew in our identity in Christ alone, him in us, over us, out through us, to truly have a depth of knowing of who he is. Because I'm telling you, Anything short of that is going to make you a casualty on the war to end all wars that's coming on this generation. Amen. You know, folks, the Bible says that uh, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. And and I believe that's a double entendre, that word in the right there, brother. And we're yes, there are the violent who 
go against the kingdom, but also, folks, it's about us and taking it. It's it's so close you can now take it, and, and the violence you know doesn't mean you're trying to hard, but it, the grasp right there. God wants us to be zealous for His kingdom and to get out there and do do this and and to to want to save souls and to want to bring people to Jesus and and to to actually get off our our tails and actually be useful in His kingdom. And, and folks, we, we need to be violent in the spirit world. And what I mean by that is that we need to stand in the gap and be willing to, to step in and intercede for somebody that's suffering. Intercede like you were saying, brother, when you were weeping, when the, those believers were in, in those orange jumpsuits being beheaded. Uh, you know, and, and yeah. those kind of things. God needs people that are willing to get out there and take an actual chance and believe in the kingdom that we're willing to step into the Jordan before the water is actually parted. And, and I know yeah. this is something that bothers me so often is these pew warmers that love to come and hear a word and but never willing to do anything. But folks, the, the gates of hell will not overcome, meaning they cannot stop God's church. They cannot continue. Keep us from advancing into the kingdom of darkness to rescue lost souls. But if you're not willing to go up and charge and ever do anything, then then don't be surprised when your life you you get feel like you're dry and nothing is going on. Yeah, you get too often people want to be perfect before they get out and try to witness for the Lord, folks. If you're waiting for perfection, you're going to be sitting still forever. Listen, and and that's and that's why. That's why everything is about identity. I mean, the only way that you could be among those who overcome and do not love your life so much as you're afraid to lose it is if, is if you have, if you know that you know that you know that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt and you have such a quiet confidence and a Lord most high alone that your life has been bought for with something imperishable, the blood of Jesus Christ, the Son of God himself, that your life is no longer yours, but it is hidden in him. It is literally hidden in him, and he is in you, and you are in him, and he is in the Father. There, there, that's the only way that you can come to this, to this, this deep knowing of that this life is in yours, and you would have no fear in laying it down, let alone fear in sharing with your, with your neighbor or your coworker or your friend who you've known for 30 years about the gospel of Jesus Christ without feeling like you're, you're, you're going to look foolish before him. I mean, it's all about this identity. When we know and understand who Christ is and the promises that he has bestowed upon us, we can be among those who have a confident courage. Paul says, I, I, I eagerly expect and, and hope. So he had an expectation. I eagerly expect and hope that I in no way will be ashamed, but now as always will have sufficient courage so that Christ will be exalted in me, whether by life or by death, right? He had he had an eager expectation of courage. Why? So that Christ will be exalted. Do you have an expectation of courage? Do you have an eager expectation of courage so that Christ will be exalted? Courage actually exalts Christ. He goes on to say further, this will be, do not be fearful of them in any way. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved, and that by grace. What a powerful word. Listen, when we know and understand that we literally have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind, if we know the depth of what it means to fear the Lord in the year and the Lord alone, and what it means to walk in a soundness of mind and in a soberness of mind, when we realize that anything, any fear that we experience, that that is not the fear of the Lord is from the enemy, and we reject it outright, and we rightly place our fear on the one who's worthy of it, the Lord God Most High, we actually start being imbued with courage and strength beyond comprehension. This is that knowing of the Lord. When we know Isaiah 41 and Psalm 91 and Psalm 27 and on and on and on, when the Lord says, I will deliver, I will protect, I help, I uphold, I go before, I am after, I am in the midst of. When he says, hey, look, the Egyptians you see today, you're not going to see any more tomorrow because guess what? I'm going to fight on your behalf. You only need to be still. When we look at Psalm 33, you know, and it says, no king is saved by the size of, of his army. No general escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, they cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him and whose hope is in his unfailing love. When we know and understand that everything has to – okay, let me reword it. When we understand that it has absolutely nothing to do with the strength of our faith, but 
everything solely and only to do with the object of our strength, Christ Jesus. That's when we start growing in the knowing of the Lord. That's Amen. when we are bold and courageous and we fearlessly proclaim the gospel for which we ought to be ambassadors in chains. That's when we make a stand against wickedness, right? And, and, and we don't keep our mouth shut. I mean, uh, outside of the leading of the Holy Spirit, you know, sometimes he tells us to keep our mouth shut and to, and to not utter a rebuke. But when we realize that it has absolutely nothing to do with us, that everything about him, we can truly be among those who overcome and who are more than conquerors in this life. We can truly finally be among those who at least scratch the surface on knowing that we can actually lay hold of, of no, you know, uh, consider it a pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of diverse circumstances. You know, we, we can actually be among those who rejoice in suffering, who count it a joy, who, who rejoice always, who are full of worship and thankfulness, even in the midst of turmoil, tumult, difficulty, persecution, castigation, obscurity, lowliness, broken down, decaying bodies, whatever it is and everything in between. When our identity is in Christ alone, we are unstoppable and we are truly more than conquerors. Why? Because it's all about him. It's always been about him. It's always going to be about him. It has nothing to do with us. That's why there was only two out of 2.5 million Israelites at the time who had a rich enough knowing of the Lord that when he said, go take the promised land that was full of Nephilimic giants and all kinds of freak show things, they said, absolutely, let's go at once. Why was there only two? And what was so uniquely different about Joshua and Caleb that they were able to say that? Was it because they were super soldiers of their generation? Was it because they were highly trained, you know, war fighters that did all these things in the physical? No, not at all. You know what the answer is? It's found in Exodus 33. It's the most obscure verse ever, but it tells you why Joshua and Caleb were able to say that. It, in Exodus 33, it says, and, and the Lord would meet in the tent of meeting with Moses face to face as a man meets with his friend. And then he would go out to administer to the Israelites. But Joshua, his young aide, remained. Joshua refused to leave the tent of meeting of the Lord. Amen. He refused to stop communing with the Lord. When Moses went out to do what needed to be done for the day, Joshua stayed in the tent of meeting in the presence of the Lord. He knew the Lord so intimately. He knew what he hates and what he loves and what he builds up and what he tears down. He knew his power, his glory. He knew his promises. He knew his character, his spirit, his heart. He knew the depth of his love and his forbearance and his long-suffering, but he also knew the depth of his righteousness and his justice and his hatred of oppression and tyranny. He knew it all. And so when the Lord said, go, what did Joshua say? Let's go at once. Absolutely. Because I know who's telling me to do it. He wouldn't tell me to do it if he hadn't already made the way. I know who's going before me. It has nothing to do with me. It's all about the object of my faith, not the strength of my faith. So that's such a radical revelation that we need to come into in this church age. On, on a daily level, on a very, very intimate level, just in our daily grind, right? This has power in our daily grind, in our, in our relationships, in the woes of, of, of relationships, in our, in our church bodies, right, in our, in our health failings, in, in all kinds of the consequences of our choices and our sins, right? So, so, so it's relevant in, in, the, in the micro, but it's also extremely relevant in the macro, our fight against principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places and authorities and against the Luciferians, and against the globalists, and against the New World Order, and against the sycophants running our government that want trannies to read to your kids in the public schools, right? It, it has relevance to every single aspect of our corporal reality when we know and understand our identity in Christ alone. Amen. And, and brother, I thank you. That was amazing. And I, I agree with what you're saying. And folks, knowing your identity, because... You know, when you look at the words in Mark 13, when, when Christ was talking about the false prophets that are going to rise and the false Christs and, and folks that the word Christ means anointed. You know, and uh, there's so yeah, many people yeah. that 
about the anointing that they have, you know, and folks, that's another form of fulfilling that prophecy. They don't have to say that they're just Jesus. They talk about this amazing anointing and the, and all the, you know, the, the Lakeland revival and all these people, you know, and kicking people in the face with their boots and just ridiculousness. That's, I mean, should be easily discernible by a two year old yet people want to flock down there. Uh, and I remember they wanted to take my neighbor down one time and I was like, no, don't you dare go. And, uh, he yeah. didn't. It's like, no, but, but when Jesus said that, you know, that they were going to show these signs and wonders, uh, to seduce if it were possible, even the elect and, and, and brother, I hear so many people, you know, so many times have said that, well, if it was possible, but it's not possible, but, but when I read that verse, I, I feel to me, I feel like it's the Lord saying, you don't understand what's coming. It's so bad that it's so bad that even the very elect, if it were possible, could be deceived. That's how strong this delusion is coming. And you cannot trust yourself because what's coming yeah. is unbelievably strong in the delusion. And and I feel like, brother, that's what we're facing today is that there is a strong delusion that's coming that's so powerful that if we're not willing to open ourselves up to the Lord and allow him to get in, like you said, to turn it over and allow him to, you know, to dig deep within our souls and to dig out anything that doesn't belong. We become susceptible because our own strength begins to take over about this deception that is, is coming. And I know you're trying to deal with some of this right now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I just, I don't know how, how, how to, Put words to it, the depth of what's coming. The the Lord, sh- listen. I, I'm not. I didn't grow up charismatic or Pentecostal. There's nothing wrong with that. If it's an authentic move of the Spirit, praise God. Unfortunately, there's many many counterfeit moves of the Spirit and a lot of a lot of self glorification and vainglory that's going on with that. But I, I just say that to say I'm I'm not a guy who who throws around dreams and visions lightly. All oh, the Lord told me. All oh, the Lord showed me. All oh, the Lord whatever. Um, but the Lord has show me something very particular and it's what's coming on to this nation in particular. I haven't seen the full globe of this nation and I'm telling you the majority of people that are even going to hear my voice on this program think that they're good to go and I'm telling you you're not. And I don't say that out of self-righteousness and I don't say that out of holiness. I say that out of the sincere love and desire that you would earnestly allow the Lord and invite him to search you out and to seek your heart seek out, to, to come in and, and search out your heart and see if there's any unclean way in you and do business with the Lord and the Lord alone. Because I'm telling you, he longs to be gracious to you. He longs to show you mercy. It's a good word. I, I Just like I can't fathom his justice and his righteousness, how he's going to impose justice, especially on the United States of America, what I also can't fathom is his long-suffering and his patient endurance with us. It's radical beyond comprehension. So, so I just beseech people, just do, just seek to do business with the Lord, whatever that looks like, brand new, anew. Do business with the Lord anew. Purify your camp. Make ready. Prepare for the day of battle. It's already here. It's already in your face. And I'm telling you what, that's why we see all throughout the epistles, almost every single letter comes, or is calling up the churches, even then, to be on guard, to be watchful, to be alert, to be sober-minded, to be in eager anticipation of, to be looking forward to the second coming of Jesus Christ for the hope that is yet to come and to keep your eyes fixed upon that hope, right? It's a living hope. And to, and to remember the, the good word that, that an inheritance is being kept in heaven for you, unfading, uh, uh, perishable, spotless, right? And that God is literally going to guard you by his power. He's going to get you home to that reward. He's promised you that. He's going to guard you by his power to that reward. But I'm telling you, you got to stay focused on the Lord right here, right now, this day. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as your forefathers did in the wilderness. Today, if you hear his voice, say, Lord, am I in error somewhere? Why do I really go after this information all the time? Why do I insistently listen to six hours of, of, of podcasts every day? Listen, I'm that guy. I was that guy, right? I was that guy. I'm saying that because I know. I know from experience. And, and, and even though there's good things that are being gleaned from it, truly, Lord, I just want to know you. I want more of you. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be satisfied, right? That's, that's the promise. And, and um, the Lord says, this is the man who I esteem, him who is humble and contrite and trembles at my word. Do you not want the esteem of the Lord? Oh, 
God, I pray that we would long for the esteem of the Lord and not the esteem of men and not the esteem of anything that this life has to offer, but the Lord alone. He says, awesome, be humble and contrite and tremble at my word. Done, right? And, and, and he, 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 he leads us by, by the right way and the good way and promises us that our teachers will no longer be hidden, that we will hear his voice behind us saying, this is the way, walk in it. But we, we just really got to get focused and get serious in, the, in this late hour, you know, because um, I think that we would be horrified, all of us, me and you talking right now would be horrified if we knew just how small a remnant really was. I think we would weep and wail and mourn and tear our clothes if God actually showed us on paper or on a scroll the number and a physical number of how small a remnant truly is. Hey, brother, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, it is. It's bad. And folks, listen, what, what James has talked about tonight is what Jude expressed at the beginning of, of that most powerful single chapter uh, book in the entire Word of God. He said to, that you were to contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. And, and because if you read afterwards of all the deceptions of the false teachers and everything that was coming in, and Jude was saying, listen, the key is to, in order to survive that which is coming, you need to contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. And, and Jude didn't say that under, under the power of his own flesh. He said that by the, by the word and the power of the spirit of the living God, that, that knowing that it, the faith that was once delivered to the saints is the same faith that God is desiring to give each one of us today. But the word contend means we are to strive, meaning you got to go after it. It's not that you earn it, but God wants to know if you're in this thing and you really want him. I remember brother years ago, this pastor was sharing this story, how his, his um, uh, group or his church that he was at would let him take off some time every year. And he would go out and he'd spend this, this cabin somebody owned, would let him borrow it. And he was up and it was snowing and it was freezing cold. And he was really just wanting more of God. And he was seeking after the Lord. And, and he had gotten kind of this sickness and uh, like a cold and some congestion. So he decided he would get in the shower and do some hot and cold and try to loosen it up. And he'd really been seeking God with all of his heart there and, and really praying. And so when he got in there, he, he, the Lord, he said, uh, the water hit him. And brother, it was so cold. He said it shocked him and took his breath away. It was unbelievable how freezing this water is. And he said at that moment, the Lord spoke and he said, when you want me as bad as you want your next breath, you can have me. Mm, wow. And that powerful. shook me. I never forgot that. And folks, it's God. God wants us to want Him because He wants us for the pride, he, for the for the gift, for the for the prize that was laid up for Him. He was willing to endure the horrors of the cross for the gift that was us that He was willing to pay the price. And what Brother James has shared with us tonight, it's about keeping our eyes on the Lord, about seeking Him with all of our heart. And folks, God has greater work for us than just our jobs in this world. He has greater work than just your pension or just whatever it may be. And brother, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the Remnant Call and sharing a word of hope in a dark hour to this world and I world and I just thank you thank God for that and appreciate you coming on tonight and I would ask could you share a little bit as we wrap up here about what your website your 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 ministry what you do and how people can follow uh, what's going on with with your ministry Sure yeah I I have a website you can you can reach out and contact me there or find more information or or look at the book or order the book or whatever the case is uh, find find um, upcoming speaking events, and even I'm hosting a Warrior Summit this this um, uh, early spring in May. I'm hosting a Warrior Summit where we'll, we'll be doing a spiritual and and physical tactical training. So that'll be a good week, and I rented out a whole camp to do that. And uh, uh, you can go to omegadynamics.org. That's omegadynamics.org, and there you can find all kinds of information. Or or like I said, just get to know me more and and, and reach out on there and. And again, my, my burden and my passion is is that we would know and understand who we are in Christ. It's not weak. 
because the gospel is not weak, and Christ Jesus is not weak, and the cross will testify forevermore that he is not weak. And more importantly, the fact that the tomb is empty speaks a better word that he is not weak. And this Christian calling and election that we have, and this, and this, and this, the Lord having foreknown us for this generation and for such a time as this, and foreknowing that the harvest is going to be ripe, but that and 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 uh, uh, but the workers are few, is is such of of a particular dire need right now in this moment in time that um, I just long to see my brothers and sisters make war against all enemies, both foreign and domestic. That means the enemy within your own flesh and all the enemies without, because that's what Christ Jesus has already set the example of as the true and better freedom fighter and what he's displayed for all of my mankind and from everlasting to everlasting. So that's, that's my burden, my desire. And I just thank you brother for having me on tonight and being able to, to share with those with ears to hear what the spirit is saying to the church. And, uh, and thank you so much. And I just, uh, pray the Lord's, the Lord's leading and blessing and, and, and conviction and worship and quietness and trust and refreshment over those with ears to hear tonight. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, man, for coming on. We hope to have you back in the future to share some more about what's going on, folks. Keep up with uh, Brother Jamie. Um, I, I guess, James, I've been calling you, but you go by Jamie, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. James James is actually my name, but yeah, I go by Jamie on everything, so it doesn't right. matter either way. Okay, well, keep up with Brother Jamie there and the Omega Dynamics and what's going on. And, folks, keep keep pressing in. This is Brother Frank and Brother Jamie on the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night and shalom. <laughs>